just sent 33 billion in militarized aid to Ukraine. Some central banks are reporting losses. We are now seeing flash crashes. Let's get into our crypto news because it is good. Pelosi can go into a war zone to check on Ukraine, but hasn't been able to take a plane ride down to our southern border all year long. Rosie Rios had issued more currency than anyone in history. Pretty sure that's why she sits on Ripple's board too. If you're a snowflake that gets offended, then you've probably already left anyway. So good luck. God bless. Shout out to this community for joining me here on this journey. It's been an absolute pleasure over the last year to grow this channel. We just hit a couple markers here that I wanted to uh, say thank you to everyone. 5 million views total on YouTube. And then we just surpassed 35,000 subscribers on YouTube as well. So we're continuing to push YouTube hard. We got the podcast rolling, TikTok. We've been there for over a year and it's been a lot of fun. I appreciate all of you guys for joining me along this party, this journey. Uh, trying to make things happen as we ride out this economic hurricane in the words of Jamie Dimon. We're going to get into that. We're going to explain XRP potentially being a stable coin, what that's all about, what price would it be stabilized at, what does that mean for us XRP holders, are we going to get rich or not? I'll tell you right now, uh, I think the XRP is going to be stabilized at a much higher price, but I will explain that. We're going to get into that and then... We're also going to talk about was XRP tested in Antarctica. So add that to the most recent batch of crazy XRP conspiracy theories. Hey, you know, we like to have fun with it, guys. Uh, during these crazy times, truth is stranger than fiction. That is absolutely the case with our reality. And so we're going to decode it. We're going to try to figure out what's going on, and we're going to help you prepare for the greatest transfer of wealth in world history. Now, I wanted to introduce something new as well. A question of the day. So go ahead, please drop a comment down below and let me know what you guys think. Will they forgive student loan debt? That is the question of the day. Now, I, I don't know uh, whether they do 10,000, whether they wipe out the balance completely. The question is, will they wipe out any student loan debt? So you guys let me know down below. Now, let's get right into it. Okay, so here's your update. James Phelan, XRP. SEC government versus Ripple XRP breaking. Call-in information for the conference is scheduled for Tuesday, the 7th, 2022 at 3 p.m. to discuss internal documents related to Hinman's June 14th, 2018 speech has been posted. So if you want to call in, if you want to join the party, it's 877-226-8215. And uh, we definitely need to light up the phones. We definitely need to let them know how many XRP holders are ready here to apply pressure. How many people that should be in the cryptocurrency space, whether they hold XRP or not, trying to stand up. Because this case is going to set precedence for the whole cryptocurrency space. And uh, we already know that the further this goes along, the further more the SEC will be exposed. So the, the stage lawsuit continues on and we will continue to watch that. We will try to tune in. I definitely, I tuned into the last one, called in, and I definitely will be calling into this one as well so I can listen to it live. I know some of my Discord members got in on that as well. So that was kind of fun. Let's move on to this one though. Wrath of Kahneman puts out a theory. Question, if XRP were to increase, say to $10 with no escrow, at a high velocity with ODL. Now, what I think he means by this is that all of the XRPs released. So the, I think that what he's saying there with the one trillion is that would be the market cap of XRP. 
um, right? Because you're at 100 billion tokens and you would be at a $10 price. That would equal 1 trillion for your market cap. So he's saying if XRP were to increase in price to $10 with no escrow, so all of the supplies released, all 100 billion XRP, the finite supply, there's still literally people that think XRP can just be created at will. I mean, that's how misinformed and how much disinformation there has been in the cryptocurrency space in regards to XRP. Just flat out lies and it's confusion and it's deceitful for people that are just trying to figure out what the heck's going on with this little XRP crypto. Anyways, $10 XRP price, all of the coins are released. It's $1 trillion for the market cap. And he's saying this is from high velocity with on-demand liquidity. That's cross-border payments settling with XRP. He says, wouldn't it act increasingly like a stablecoin? Perhaps even almost USD, USD pegged given current FX routes today, or at least approach a global dollar perhaps. So here's the situation with this. Remember, first off, before I get into this, on-demand liquidity is just one use case. Cross-border payments is just one network, right? One payment use case utility for XRP. You can use XRP for all sorts of other stuff, but right now we're just honing in on on-demand liquidity, right? If all of XRP was used just for this, right? Which is not gonna be the case, right? You're gonna be having XRP used for smart contracts, for derivatives, for all sorts of NFTs, all sorts of other DeFi. The price would rise to sustained level to facilitate the liquidity that's needed in the network. So for example, the SWIFT network, the cross-border FX market is about a five to $6 trillion daily volume. So this is why we get the numbers of if XRP was used to settle all of SWIFT, it could be $12,000 per coin. Or if XRP was just going to get 10% of SWIFT's daily volume, XRP would be at $1,200 per coin. Then you get the people that say, well, you can use XRP in three to five seconds, and then you could use the same XRP again, theoretically, right? Here's the problem. You have 33 million transactions, or in the case of SWIFT, SWIFT is just a messaging platform. It's not even settlement. You have 33 million messages or transactions on the SWIFT network alone. So yeah, you could use the same XRP potentially multiple times per day, but you have 33 million transactions to settle over a 24 hour period. So it's physically gonna be impossible to use the same XRP for all 33 million transactions. There's not enough time in the day to use that same XRP, right? Stick with me here. And then when you go to look and, and you say, okay, XRP is only gonna get 10% of SWIFT. XRP is gonna get 100% of SWIFT. Okay, cool. This is all assuming too that we're using 100 billion XRP, which will not be the case. I've every time I've talked about this in the past, I remind everyone, me and you, Joe Blow, hold probably over 20 billion XRP, about 20% of the total circulating supply. Now, will many of us sell at $10? Yeah, many of us will. So at $10, they would get rid of a lot of XRP bag holders. But here's the problem, is that you would start to have banks, financial institutions, you would have me and you, Joe Blow, just holding their XRP, making it unavailable for this on-demand liquidity use case. So when we talk about this equation, 
and I pulled this up here for you guys. How to calculate market cap is what I Googled so that we can just really briefly, simply explain this for you. It is calculated by multiplying the price of a stock by its total number of outstanding shares. For example, a company with 20 million shares selling at a $50 a share price would have a market cap of 1 billion. Okay, great. So this is how people calculate, you know, $6 trillion daily volume in Swift divided by 100 billion XRP, right? You, you, you come up with these numbers. But the point being, guys, is you have to look at the, the multiple variables in that equation. What are they actually going to be? As in how many coins, how many XRP are you going to have to solve a $6 trillion problem daily? A 33 million messages, transactions on the SWIFT network daily. And the SWIFT is just one network and includes 11,000 banks. It is very big, $6 trillion daily problem. But we start to look at other corridors. We look at other remittance platforms that Ripple's building out right now. Over 25 on-demand liquidity corridors, countries where XRP is available for settling cross-border payments. So we're just getting started. XRP price is down amidst record on-demand liquidity volume. And so this is where you're starting to get people saying, well, when is XRP price going to go up, right? When is XRP price going to move? Well, we just heard from someone who works at Ripple saying that he's working with two projects uh, with central banks. Uh, and one of them was in the, U actually, he didn't say central banks, he just said banks. But uh, he was specifically talking about creating a stable coin, right? Two stable coin projects, one with a bank in the UK. And I forget where he said the other one was at. Now, we know that Bank of England, the central bank of England, partnered up with Ripple in 2018 to pilot the XRP ledger. So that's already happened. We already know about that connection, 2018. But guys, here's the point. And here's where XRP price is going to go up is because you are never going to have that 100 billion supply because me and you, Joe Blow, are going to hold XRP to the moon. We're never selling. We're going to sell at 589. We're going to sell at 1,000. We're going to sell at 10,000. We're going to sell at $10. But you also have banks and financial institutions and central banks would start to hold XRP on their balance sheet to use as a reserve. So that's where you take away even more of the supply that could potentially be used to facilitate these networks. Then when you do this calculation, when you're trying to figure out where XRP is going to go, you're only looking at the SWIFT network or you're only looking at on-demand liquidity cross-border payments, which is just one utility. So really, are we really just kind of wasting our time trying to figure out where XRP price is going to go based off of uh, assuming all of these variables, assuming that we get 10% of SWIFT? Like it, I, I would argue that it's just as much of a waste of time to figure, are we going to get 10% of SWIFT or 100% of SWIFT? Because really we have derivative markets that are in the quadrillions of dollars. So if you just get some of that, we're going to be at a much higher price. If you just get some of the smart contracts, you get some of the tokenized real estate market, you get some of the NFT space. Well, you can see where this goes. When we look at our variables, the amount of liquidity that needs to be provided, that's the problem. The number of coins, who's all going to be holding XRP as a reserve? Who's, who's all going to be using XRP, right? That supply that's available is going to shrink as XRP's burned, which it does have a burn rate each transaction, 
So if you have 33 million transactions settling daily just in the SWIFT network, well, that's XRP getting burned 33 million times. Now you'd say, well, it's a very small fraction of XRP that gets burned each time. That's 33 million transactions per day. Now you get other DeFi plays like the Reaper coin, for example. Every time you use the XRP ledger to vote on the Reaper platform, you are burning XRP, which is just another little tiny use case for XRP, right? They're also implementing their drip program. Just, just using Reaper coin as an example. You use the XRP ledger to vote. Each vote that you, that you make burns a little XRP. And then they, they are doing a, a little, you know, interest DeFi play where you get the drip payments, which is, you know, your interest payment paid to you in XRP. So that's another use case for XRP. So we have dozens upon dozens of use cases for XRP that range from relatively small use cases, cross-border payments valued at $6 trillion daily. You also have, you know, just, just your regular merchant business transactions on a daily basis, actually using it as a currency. But where this really goes big time, uh, massive scale, is when stable coins and central bank digital currencies are built on top of XRP. Because that means that those central banks, those banks and financial institutions that are building out the stable coins are going to be holding XRP as a reserve. Remember, for USDC stablecoin to work, they have to hold one US dollar, which we know from government inflation data is 8.3%. We know real inflation is twice that. We know that we, in this community, we just round up to 20, 20% so we don't waste time calculating inflation. So do you see where this goes with XRP being a stablecoin? XRP will stabilize based off of the problem it needs to solve and the amount of coins or tokens or XRPs or ripples, whatever you want to call it, that are going to be available to settle that problem, right? So we could spend an hour, we could spend all night running our calculator, spreadsheeting it out, right? I personally believe that it's a better use of time to just figure out how to make as much of this fiat currency, this USD, so that we can dump it into real commodities, real assets that solve problems and have utility while we wait for this flip uh, of the switch moment. Because Rath Kahneman in this tweet, he says, no need to at me with flip of the switch takes. That is not the discussion here. What I'm wondering is if you assume the success of XRP, wouldn't it behoove the US to create positive regulations to main USD hegemony reinforced on the XRP ledger? That's a very important point right there. Very important. This is why, this would explain why the SEC filed a case while they're making a ridiculous case in court, making their argument, embarrassing themselves because they need to use XRP, right? To maintain a US dollar hegemony reinforced on the XRP ledger. To me, this makes sense. To me, when you get the central bank digital currencies and the stable coins built on XRP, you're gonna be starting to see these people holding XRP as a reserve. So this means they hold XRP or they use XRP or they borrow it from Ripple through the liquidity hub or line of credit 
the different solutions that Ripple has, operating as a bank, operating as a lender of last resort, which right here, always remember, XRP can't be dirt cheap. This is a direct quote from David Schwartz. And this is exactly what I'm alluding to. If you're going to solve problems, if you're going to solve trillion dollar problems, if you're going to put a dent in the universe, if you're going to make XRP a world reserve currency, if you're going to make it as liquid as a G10 currency, which are all simply stated goals from Ripple, then XRP can't be dirt cheap. It can't be a stable coin at a dollar. There is not enough tokens. There's only 100 billion. Rosie Rios said that there's $2 trillion in circulation. But that doesn't include all the debt. doesn't include all the derivatives. It doesn't include all your treasury notes. It doesn't include all of your USD, US dollar denominated assets. Now I want to show you guys this thread. Let's put some pieces together and I got to do a better job of giving everyone credit. This is from Ashley Prosper on Twitter. Thank you for sharing this. Let's put some pieces together. In 2016, sorry, we lost, we lost TikTok there for a second. Let's get them back up. TikTok's back up and running. Okay. TikTok, you guys are back here with me. Let's go. Here's your thread. Let's put some pieces together. In 2016, BNY Mellon published a report on, quote, reinventing payments, in which they looked at distributed ledger technology and mentioned Ripple specifically. They gave a timeline of 10 years. That's 2026. And recently, the CEO of MasterCard said he didn't think Swift would be around in five years. That's 2027. Now imagine the CEO of MasterCard coming out and saying a statement like that that SWIFT wouldn't be around in five years. RippleNets, uh, that's Ashish Birla, did an interview below in which he said it would take a long time for BNY Mellon to upgrade their mainframe. Well, what if they've been working on it since 2016? Who is BNY Mellon? According to Wikipedia, it's the world's largest custodian bank and security service company with 2.4 trillion in assets under management and 46.7 trillion in assets. And they have a Ripple and XRP in mind for the future. Now remember, the BNY Mellon heir, I forget what his first name was, but he was the son of you know whoever was running the BNY Mellon family, uh, the family fund, recently died just a few years ago and he was holding incredible millions and millions of xrp that he was stuffing away in cold storage and he had it stuffed in different locations throughout the country this was the guy who was set to inherit the whole bny melon uh, you know the the family trust and then we see here from 2016 they're talking about reinventing payments and they specifically mention Ripple and giving it a timeline of 10 years, which takes us out to 2026. Now, what was the news that we just heard, right? We already know that ISO 222 is not going to be fully implemented till 2025. Okay, we know that. We know that the Fed, uh, the Fedwire, they just said that they're not going to update to ISO till 2025, the first quarter of 2025. Now, they were set to start implementing it in November of next year. And of November of this year, SWIFT is starting to upgrade to ISO. So you have the American Bankers Association, which is part of Fedwire, basically 
you know, our payment system here in America was set to upgrade next year. And you have Swift that's set to upgrade in November. But now they're saying that where they're pushing it back till 2025. And you have this BNY Mellon article saying 2026. Well, I'm here to tell you the important part about this is realizing that firms like BNY Mellon, which is the largest custodian bank and security service company with 2.4 million in or 2.4 trillion assets under management and 46.7 trillion in assets total started talking about reinventing payments started talking about Ripple and XRP back in 2016 so when i tell you that all of the banks the financial institutions and the people that matter have been sitting at the table with Ripple going back years i mean <clears throat> just all the way back they've been working with BNY Mellon Bank of England right over 400 banks and financial institutions already on board right now already have discussed conversations with 50 central banks BNY Mellon largest custodian in the world back in 2016 talking about reinventing payments with Ripple so I'm here to tell you that that's what matters People are caught up on, oh, they're delaying it till 2025. Well, I'm, I'm not going to get rich till 2025 then. Or 2026. Okay, I'll wait another year. Back in 2018, 2019, when I got into XRP, it looked like that thing was set to moon. And all I saw was upside potential. This thing needs to just go. Let's turn on the utility. Let's get it going. Then the SEC lawsuit comes in. Then the SEC lawsuit continues and drags on and wears us out. And then we miss the bull run. And then now the case continues to get stalled out. And now the SEC is embarrassing themselves while still fighting this case, stalling up XRP. While we're in the middle of a very visible now debt, liquidity, and inflation crisis. Which is where this tweet comes in from Fefe on Twitter. If you want to know when XRP moons, it is entirely dependent on the debt market implosion. Then and only then will the mountains of cash move its way into commodities. SEC case will be resolved shortly after. Wait for the U.S. tenure to spike uncontrollably. Look at Val, Val down here, Val Jester Locke here. He, he puts this right here. Yeah, the snowball effect coming. Yeah, it's, it's already started. It's already started. And that's the, that's the funny thing about, I titled this video, the economic hurricane that Jamie Dimon mentioned. See, it's the same thing with these guys over time and time again. I'm going to get into that later. Well, here, here's a tweet right here. JP Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon says, brace yourself for an economic hurricane, a storm, you don't say. Absolutely. We all know we're going through the storm. Here's the kicker. Just like Jamie Dimon did with Bitcoin, he said that they're never going to touch it. They're never going to offer it. They're never going to do anything with it. Meanwhile, at the very same time, JP Morgan was buying Bitcoin, right? This has already been exposed. Uh, back on the Glenn Beck show, that, that was years ago in the previous bull run that he started that. So they've been doing this thing back um, in the previous bull run when crypto really started to hit mainstream. But this is a joke. Now that the economic storm is here, we're already in the middle of it. Jamie Dimon, now, now he comes out sitting at some conference acting important and he says, brace yourself for an economic hurricane. That, that's like the storm's already arriving. And, and uh, 
the weatherman saying, hey, you might want to brace yourself as, as he's already been flooded out. The tsunami's already hit. It's already here, guys. But this is the moment that we've been waiting for. If you're wondering when XRP moons, we've been saying this, it's when this system collapses. They've kept it propped up. They're keeping it alive. But now, under Sleepy Creepy's administration, they've started to let this thing collapse. They've started to pull the plug. They didn't refill the punch bowl. And now we're starting to see this party come to an end. Let's bring it on back, okay? Uh, where are we at? In regards to commodities, the gold supply has dropped below its five-year average. Over the last 120 years, each time that has happened, a long-term price rally has occurred. This is why I'm holding silver. I do not hold any gold, but folks, this is the moment that we've been waiting for, okay? These commodities are about to see inflows of cash, and we consider XRP to be a you know utility slash commodity cryptocurrency, right? It's used as a reserve, but it's also used as a currency, and it's also used as a uh, other, other utilities, which makes it a commodity, similar to oil, similar to gold, right? So, for the, so the gold supply has dropped below its five-year average over the last 120 years. Each time this has happened, a long-term price rally has occurred. Now, we got gold predictions. I'm not even going to get into them. You know, Jim Rickards and others. Many people are talking for gold to easily reach like four to 5,000 quickly after this, you know, uh, system implodes. Once people realize that the Fed and the central banks across the world don't have an answer for this inflation... That's when we're about to see the flow into the commodities. Everyone's still thinking that they're all right. Um, and they're seeing that gold hasn't really done too well as far as gains. It's holding strong, especially against other currencies. So now we got to get into this next one. This one's fun. This is in regards to XRP potentially being tested in Antarctica. Someone said this could be considered boiler room pushing. Man, I, I have nothing to sell. I've never done any paid promotions. If you want to join my community, you want to get tapped into our program and you know what we're doing, it's there for you. But I have nothing to sell you and I don't do any paid promotions. I just want you guys to have an opportunity to see through the lies, see through the BS and prepare your families and prepare yourself for the greatest transfer of wealth in world history because it's going to happen with or without you. It's up to you to decide are you going to participate or not. Let's talk about some crazy stuff. XRP potentially being tested in Antarctica. Now, this tweet is just from Leo589, which maybe is just somebody else chasing clout in regards to the XRP community on Twitter. There's many people doing that. Maybe this is someone in the know. I don't know. I just thought that we should run by this because I think that this is kind of what we're looking at. Even if this isn't completely true, if we got some half-truths, some Trump exaggerations in this, uh, let's go through this. Part one, agreements are established to work together in the new financial system and create alliances in all areas of banking, multinational and commercial companies, 2017 to 2019. We know BNY Mellon was working on it in 2016, Bank of England in 2018. Number two, market clarity is planned behind closed doors and the agreement to protect only XRP is created, SEC lawsuit. So they 
they're filing the lawsuit to protect XRP is created until SWIFT is updated and changes its methods and data transfer to a new standard. Delay case until utility. How about that? They're telling us ISO 222 going to be rolling over in November of this year. By then, it is already known that XRP will be the new world standard, 2020. So by 2020, most people who really started to look through XRP figured it out. 2020 was the year that I was all in. Like 2018, I was learning about XRP. 2019, okay, like I'm going heavy. By the mid middle of 2019 even, and into 2020, all in, all in. And uh, stacked very few other cryptos. Did very other little trading. Because I didn't have much money. I was just stacking my bags, doing my deal, right? Just dollar cost averaging. But by 2020, I, in my opinion, it had already been agreed upon, right? And then we had that SEC lawsuit filed. Part three of this, this scenario, this story, part three. The offline XRP ledger network is tested in Antarctica. In addition to the ignition and data unification protocols for institutions, companies, banks, and governments. Christine Lagarde says, quote, the servers are working perfectly. Everything is ready. End of quote. The scroll is delivered top secret 2021. Now what happened? David Schwartz did go down to Antarctica, which many of us in the XRP community were wondering what the heck was David doing that? Was he just sightseeing? You think David was just looking at the great ice wall down there? Or was he looking at the pyramids? They're covered up by all the ice down there. Maybe he went down inside. Maybe he reached the flat end, the end of the flat earth. What was he doing down in Antarctica? This theory suggests that he was testing maybe the offline XRP ledger network, which we know is a real thing. We know that you can use the XRP ledger offline now. Part four. The new payment standard is implemented in several economic sectors and mainly in central banks. The first CBDCs interconnected to a neutral global network. Uh, sorry, sorry. The first CBDCs interconnected to a neutral global liquidity bridge, XRP ledger, begin to be tested. David supervises the extension of the network. For the first time, private accounting books are joined with public ones. Flip the switch. XRP gets legal clarity and all the money flows into it. The price shoots up ahead of the news. The gold standard is back. XRP was always the chosen one in the shadows. The crypto world freaks out seeing Bitcoin and Ethereum lose their throne to the new standard. The price remains stable and gradually increases year by year. In the new list, Flare is ranked number two and XLM number three. This takes place 2022 to 2025. To finish this off, this person says, why are there riddles? They have privileged information, so they must cover their tracks to avoid being sued for violating confidentiality agreements. Remember that David Schwartz, he likes to play chess. And remember how many NDAs we know that all of the Ripple executives have been in, right? And, and he basically, as Ripple's working with all of these central banks and financial institutions, almost all of it's NDA, right? Pay attention to upcoming events that will be used as a pretext for emergency. They know it. Nothing is a coincidence. 
Everything is done. Everything is planned. Folks, if that doesn't just about sum it up, I don't know what does. And if we can't see that, you know, you got to look. Right? We, we see. I, I've gone through the, this whole thing that I just talked about at the beginning of the show, right? How XRP will be stabilized. And then it will continually rise from there because the supply is going to be burned. XRP is going to be being used. Each transaction burns it. While the amount, the problems that XRP solves, the utility, the networks, the liquidity, ever increasing, ever expanding, exponentially growing, internet of value. So just getting started, we do have some sort of flip of the switch moment i.e. XRP moving up to 50 bucks to just get started, i.e. XRP moving up to 100 bucks just to get started. I always make the case that three digits is necessary to get the party started. In regards to events to watch out for, though, folks, without being doom and gloom, but with absolutely telling you that they got a storm that's only going to get worse planned for us, Right here, we have a tweet from FX Hedge. U.S. is ready to implement ban on Xinjiang goods on June 21st. Now, I might have butchered that. I'm trying my best. Xinjiang. How about that for my Chinese? This is where they had that province where they had the major lockdowns. I don't know if this is even real. I don't know why we're considering banning from just the Xinjiang region. If we're going to, you know, take a look at whether or not we should be taking their products, why would you just pick it to one province or one territory? I don't know what's behind all this other than they are literally trying to starve us out. And you can see right now, I just saw, it's funny, I saw a TikTok uh, earlier today. Guy was going over the shipping lanes. All of our oil and all, all of our diesel and gas is going to Europe. And all of the Middle East oil is not going to Europe. It's all going to Asia. So we've had a key shift, a key New World Order set up where they're trying to transfer the power to this country. The global elite wants to use China as a model country, as a model economy. It's capitalist until the government decides that they want to take over your business then it's communist so it's, it's a mix of both it's it's like we want you guys to continue our businesses we want to continue this thing going ever expanding economy over there building ghost cities without getting too deep into it but they just continue this expansion and now we've seen Evergrande pop now we're seeing other big real estate pop, property firms over there pop now we're seeing well Americans are just flat out broke and we can barely even afford the products from China, but now we're going to consider banning it. Now we're seeing that Europe's banning that Russian natural gas and oil. So America's having to bail out Europe now by sending them natural gas and oil. See, this is the shift. This is the struggle that we're now seeing. Who's going to get wiped out? In my opinion, it's Western Europe and it's America. The rest of the world They've already been struggling. They're already going through currency resets, currency revaluations, gas shortages, food riots, chaos, the purge every single day in their whole country. We just 
are starting to get a little taste of that. The party is just getting started over here in America. Continuing on, Jamie Dimon says, prepare for an economic hurricane. It's already here, Jamie. Thanks for telling us. You're a little late, but as usual. Watch what they do, not what they say. We also have Europe's largest asset manager is warning that parts of private equity market resemble Ponzi schemes. Gee, go figure. We got a couple Ponzi schemes in the system, guys. Thanks. Thanks for that update. In regards to real estate, the pandemic, this tweet here from Steve Soretsky, he's a Vancouver realtor and investor, says the pandemic-induced suburban housing bull market is over. Now comes the hangover. In Vancouver suburbs, aka the Fraser Valley, home sales have plunged 54% year over year in May. Prices are adjusting quickly. That's a nice way to, that's a really, really nice way to put it. Prices are adjusting quickly. Now, obviously, if you've had a property for 10 years and you lost some of your gains over the last year because, you know, year over year we're down 54%, well, you know, you're probably still in the green. You're still probably in profit, have some equity if you've had that property for, you know, five plus years. But this real estate market is definitely starting to weaken. In fact, some would say that it's already broken. But what's interesting is March, we recorded the highest jump in home values ever here in America. This article from Yahoo Finance, home prices surged at record pace in March despite higher mortgage rates. So in March, you were starting to see they were raising interest rates. They had bumped mortgage rates just ever so slightly, which I know personally I was, uh, I'm pre-approved right now, um, actually. So I know all about this. They, they did uh, offer me a pretty terrible deal, but you know, I understand that uh, they got to cover their ass right now. But, um, and I know, I don't need to hear it from you guys in the comments about how interest rates were at 20% back in 1970 when you bought. I get it. I understand. You can still make deals work. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, for the first time homebuyer, most, most people are out of the market, right? Most people are out of the market. But we are seeing a problem in supply. Simple supply-demand d- dynamics going on right here. So even though mortgage rates were starting to increase by March, the home supply wasn't there. You had over 5 million first-time homebuyers, sorry, not just uh, first-time homebuyers, but over 5 million people actively looking for homes over the last couple months. U.S. home values jumped 20.6% in March from the year before. 20% increase year over year. How about that for gains? But this is coming from the CoreLogic Case-Shiller National Home Price Index. This is a very common one, which is skewed, by the way. And it's, it's not that it's skewed. It's just, it's taking a sample of like, uh, what is it, 100 or 200 of the largest metro- metropolitan areas in the United States. So the Case-Shiller Index, everyone uses it. It's really just talking about the major metropolitan areas, but it is an index. It is something to gauge. And we just had the highest increase year over year ever in the 35-year history of this index. 
So even more so than the previous financial crisis, which was brought on by the real estate market. In this instance, we have the everything bubble. So we're watching everything, everything get beaten up. It's just a matter of which is taking uh, the least amount of losses right now, right? Everyone's trying to fly to safety. This is why we're seeing the dollar do well. The dollar just topped out. Now we've started to see uh, the cryptocurrencies are not bouncing back when the stock market is, which is frightening. Now, I was telling everyone that I didn't think that this rally is really going to hold. I do expect us to go much lower. And, you know, clearly here we were not able to hold 31 31,000 and we definitely didn't even hold 30k either. So now we're back below 30k for Bitcoin, back down to 1800 for Ethereum and XRP's back at 39 cents. So personally at this time I am waiting to absolutely load up under 30 cents. I'm not I'm not going to wait around for probably 25 cents like at 30 cents I'm going to be making moves. But uh, I'm waiting for more more bleeding out in this market. When you look at the overall situation and then you see that some of the stocks are starting to bounce back, have some recovery, but crypto is not like Bitcoin did like 5%, which is relatively nothing. Like we got one little pump on Memorial Day while the stock markets were closed. That was just a fake rally. That was just a bull trap, which is what they do. They're going to trade this thing within a range. And then all of a sudden they'll just dump this thing. They'll just dump out the bottom from it. Or they'll decide that the bear market's over and they'll reverse course. But I believe that we still have a ways to go during this bear market, during this accumulation phase. So I'm not expecting this thing to turn and go back up to the upside in a hard way anytime soon. Personally, like I said, sitting on cash, waiting to invest into this market and uh, just continuing to keep uh, putting the throttle down in regards to business on a day-to-day -day basis. We're going to continue to do uh, more focus on business going forward. I said that my Discord community is going to be getting some early access, early sneak peeks at my new business uh, program that I'm going to be launching over the next month. Really looking forward to just having a small group of people that we help start new businesses and run current and scale their current businesses. And so I'm really looking forward to that program. That's going to be for just you know, no more than a handful or so of people that we're going to be just uh, helping out kind of more on a one-on-one -on -one basis. But I am going to be giving my Discord community a sneak peek of that. So it is June 1st. If you want to sign up now, head on over to my website, sign up for Patreon, and you will get access to the Discord community. Everything, it's all over there at my website if you're looking to support this channel. I highly uh, appreciate all of your support. It is so incredible to be reaching out to 5 million views. We just hit on YouTube, 35,000 subscribers. I appreciate all of you guys so much. We're going to continue to hit it hard over the next month. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. We're locked in now. I'm set up in the bunker. Uh, we're positioned accordingly, and we're ready to make moves now, and we're ready to continue putting out more content. Before I end this one, uh, let me know. Drop a comment down below. What do you guys want me to see cover next in some of my upcoming videos? Let me know if you have any more ideas. We're going to be locking down some more interviews. Super excited. Uh, more classes coming from my Discord community too. Really, really trying to bring more value to that Discord community now that we're locked back in and I can get back to work focusing on, hey guys, here are the strategies that I'm going to be taking advantage of right now. Remember, we're talking about business, real estate, cryptocurrency, prepping. We cover it all in my Discord group. So um, trying to bring as much value as I can over there. And then, like I said, they're going to be getting some sneak peeks at some of the programs, some of the, uh, you know, documents, templates, um, you know, some of, some of the 
pieces of content that I'm going to be making specifically for the business program. Discord is going to get early access. If you guys want to check that out, uh, it's a new month has begun. So if you want to sign up, it's all there at the website. I greatly appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. We have 576 of you guys on YouTube. Thank you so much for the support. If you're streaming uh, with us on Twitch, thank you so much over there. If you're on the podcast, if you could leave us a five-star review, would greatly appreciate that. Thank you so much for helping me grow this community. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Greatest Transfer of Wealth with your host, Zach Rector. Please remember to follow us over on Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, and Rumble. To get in touch, please just head on over to ZachRector.com. You can check out all of our affiliate links and get access to our exclusive Discord community over at the website. We appreciate all of you for tuning in, and all that we ask is that you share this message with other like-minded individuals. If you appreciate the show, feel free to go ahead and leave us a five-star review. We will see you in the next one. Take care and God bless.